Welcome to Still Talking Uncut. We're your host, Big Easy from Philbilly Moonshine, and the one and only Sean Rigsby, yes, master sir, some, distiller. Some people call me Dusty's daddy, but hey. <laughs> we all got our kinks, man, you know. That's right. <laughs> How's it going, man? Oh, not bad, brother. Not what are you doing? I'm just hanging out. Excited to do second episode, you know. I'm drinking on some uh, some of our buddy Moonshine Shua's Plum Brandy. Plum Brandy. Now, hey, now, of everything I've gotten from Shua, this is the best thing I've gotten from him, and I love it. I'm telling you, man, I'm jealous. He said he was going to send me a bottle, but, you know, he, he, said, it to me. My... he, said, it... <laughs> he said it to me instead. <laughs> I was going to say he ain't asked for my address yet. So <laughs> I'm going to send that motherfucker an empty bottle. <clears throat> but uh, let's see here. I'm drinking on. Hold on, let me take this thing off here, though. I tell you what I enjoy most about this plum brandy is, I'm the only person that he sent a pint of it to. Really? Yep. Hooch had to travel all the way from West Virginia to Texas to try it. He could have stopped by Ohio to try it sooner, but you know, <laughs> he likes to do things yep. the hard way. Hey. So, but yeah, it's really good, man. It's really light, really clean. Real good plum finish. I think he used that Vintners yep. mix. Um, if y'all don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about Moonshine Chua from TikTok. He was also on an episode of Master Distiller. I don't remember which one. You remember which one, Sean? Oh, shit. Uh, well, Put it in the comments, Shua. It's, uh, with, <laughs> with him, it's... Uh, oh, Medicinal. He was on the Medicinal oh, episode. I was going to say, it, it, it'd be hard to bet against rum. <laughs> That's my if boy. He's making something. Uh, so, what are you drinking on over there? Okay, so first off, I'm drinking history here. Oh, you got a little thing of it, man. It's this was near uh, dear to your heart. Well, I met an old guy down there in New Straitsville, and uh, I left the other thing I got. It's uh, out, there. but this is maple. Uh, is that the one I tried? Uh, no. No, I tried the big jar. Yeah, you tried the uh, peach brandy. This is maple. And I don't know, man. It's really good. But uh, the guy's 74 years old. He said he's been doing it since he was 15. I mean, there's, you know, you can have science and, and yeah. all these new ways to help you along and and meters and all that, but man, you just, you can't put a price on experience. Like, yep. I, I would take me a jar from a 75 year old man who's been making it since he was 15 in the backwoods over some big distillery with all the scientific and new equipment running it for him and this and that any day of the week. You just yep. know it's going to be better. And that's why, you know, I feel like it's history to me because it's, you know, something happened. He passed away in two years. You yeah. Know? I'll never get another any kind of alcohol from him. And he's learned he took, you know, all them years, man. And he learned from, you know, experience. You know, that mistakes. I tell you what, man, that old timers forgot more about liquor making oh. than we'll probably ever know. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, just to uh just to try something from the hands of a you know, dude's a legend. He's been doing it for sixty years. You know, yep. he might not be well known, but that dude's a moonshine legend. 
he's well known, just not by a lot of you know the people that are. He's, no, he, he's known by who he needs to be known by. Yeah, exactly. So. Yep, those are the ones that need to be. Yep. Um, but I'm drinking on that. I'm drinking on. Uh, that looks like peach. some peach brandy right there. Yeah, that's some peach brandy. That's the uh, legendary Big Easy's peach brandy. It is. So I talked to a gentleman today um, on the phone from YouTube. I won't put his name out, but um, just talked to him, and he's he will contact us because he uh, he has some questions, and then he's making that peach brandy from from that video I made. And he's like, hey, man, you know, I'm all done fermenting, and there's still stuff floating on top. And I was like, dude, that's just unfermentable pulp, man. Don't worry about that. Yeah. And he, he's like, well, the gravity says it's 0.99, but it's still sizzling. I'm like, dude, that's just air getting out of there, man. You ain't got nothing to worry about. It. That gravity reading says she's ready. Pop that in the still. So oh, I'm, real yeah. exci- I'm real excited to hear how it comes out for him. It's really cool when somebody takes what you so- showed them and redoes it themselves, you know. Yep. Did he rack it off and let it sit for a few days, or is he? Going he just he just got done. He's going to secondary it before he goes into yeah. his. I told yeah. him let that secondary that fruit, man. Let it clear up real nice. That way he oh, don't yeah. have to worry about scorching. I know he's got a couple. He's got a, a two jar setup. Summer nice. jars, so that'll work out real well for him. So yeah, speaking of that vintner stuff, man, I've been wanting to try that. I've never. Uh... I got, you know, I don't have any experience with any of that. I wonder, I mean, I know it's kind of expensive, but I mean, with what you're drinking on, I mean, it, that's pretty decent. Yeah. You, you tried this. Yeah. You tried this when you came over. Yeah. yeah so, you know, um, is that all you got over there? Oh, no, no, no. Are you, <laughs> you got three <laughs> drinks tonight? Yeah. Well, one of them, man. Uh, yeah, I didn't know this was going to be a tasting episode. I thought yeah. we were talking about stills. Uh, tasting. I know you're starting to make me sound like, <laughs> hold on. So if this is a tasting episode, that'd make you, dude. Bro. <laughs> oh, man. They're going to be mad. Uh, but no, so. We love Hooch and Shua. Go check out Absolutely. Untaxed Podcast, man. It's a great podcast. Oh, yeah. Check out yep. Moonshine Shua on TikTok, Appalachian Hooch on TikTok. So last year. It was about this time we went down to Beattyville, Kentucky, right? So there's a guy that was – he was actually on uh, Master Distiller, the pilot episode against Jimbo and Austin. So Now, but, now are you, um, so you're talking about like the contestant pilot episode? Wasn't the very first episode uh, Tim and them? Or maybe I'm wrong. No, it was – the very first one was Jimbo. I remember what yeah. you're talking about now. The very, they and, put it out, and then you didn't hear nothing about it for a while, and then, yeah, then they came back hot and heavy with it, teased us. Yep. And uh, so I guess what I'm getting at is, Roy Sneely was on that episode, and he, uh, I got a bottle of absinthe from him. Haven't absinthe had a chance. moonshine, huh? Yep. Now, now this is sixty point one percent. Man, I don't care what it is. <laughs> me, 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 and Absinthe don't get along. <laughs> Absinthe is not my best friend. So, but, go ahead. But you know, I, I'm all open for it. So I'll let you finish going on before I get divulge into my <laughs> my love yes. heat with Absinthe. 
so down there, I, I'd reached out to him and I said, Hey man, I said, uh, how can I get, you know, a bottle of that absinthe? I've never had it. And I've always wanted to try it. And, uh, he seen me at the festival and he goes, here, man, there you go. And I'm like, what? And he goes, let me know what you think. And, uh, <laughs> Years went by, and the festival is not this weekend, but next. Next so weekend. I figured he's probably going to be asking me how it was, and it still ain't even broken yet. So I figured this would be a good time to try it out. And uh, I don't have any sugar cubes. I don't have. Well, I would. I'm thinking that's that's absinthe moonshine. You don't have to follow the. So well, that's what I was getting ready to say. So I'm just going to do it. You know. You're going to go to the backwards way. You're going to crack that bottle and get you a big horn right out of the jar. (laughs) Damn right. So it's either going to be good or or he'll know from my facial expression. It's going to be absence. (laughs) And and if it's it's anything like like absence, you're going to get that black licorice. Oh, damn. It's there. The black licorice? Yep. Was that uh, anise? Ain't that what that is? I don't know. Worm, it's a wormwood. There is, no, uh, yeah. It doesn't it says a whole bunch of shit, but I don't want to sit here and waste five minutes oh, reading yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you know. But anyway, hey, we don't care what it reads. We just care about what it tastes like. Exactly. <laughs> Neely Family Distillery. If you're ever down there in Sparta, Kentucky, or uh, they just opened up one in Slade, Kentucky, which is actually right there by Batyville. So I do want to swing through there when we're down there that weekend and yeah, check cool it out. So, uh, but uh, here you go, Royce. That's not bad. Does it got the black licorice taste to it? It does. But See, damn. That's I'm intrigued. I can't that wait is, to try it. That, if you don't like black licorice, you ain't gonna like it. Yeah, but I, I can appreciate the liquor itself without Dude. enjoying the the flavor. Holy shit! I'm getting goosebumps. How fucking good that one twenty is. <laughs> this is gonna get me in trouble one night. Hopefully, it ain't tonight. It's gonna be tonight. You gonna pull an old sun tomorrow? No, no, no. I got shit to do tomorrow. Yeah, you gonna pull an old sun tomorrow? I got. Can't see anybody's wondering, man. We uh, we got a buddy. And his name, we call him Old Son, Old Mac. We talked about him in the last episode. He gets so drunk through the week, he takes a day off one, two days a week. So we take a day off of work. We call it pulling an old son. Old son, high and angry. Some jaws in the high and angry. Right? What's going on, high and angry? How you doing, brother? So we, um, so, you know, I first tried absinthe. I don't know if you remember back in the day, um, absinthe wasn't legal here. You couldn't get it here, and but there, right before it became legal here, you was able to like import it from Europe. Okay. And my stepdad, he imported some bottles from Europe. I was like eighteen, nineteen years old. You know, he he imported some bottles and he got it, and he he did it all traditional. You know, with the sugar cubes and the spoon and the lighting on fire and the lucian it, and and I tried it and. It was like, you know, it was all right. I was 18, 19. I didn't like black liquors. I still don't. But, you know, it had that burn. It's high proof because it's usually real high proof when you get it. Um, 
and you know he uh, he had he hyped it up you know he was all about big things from overseas and and so he hyped it all up and, and you know so I, i'm 19 years old hell yeah i want to chase the green fairy you know i want i want to chase her down and look up her skirt <laughs> let's, right. let's, let's have a good time and so you know we try some of it and it's good and all that and and so him and my mom they go out of town for the weekend and I'm like, well, you know, there's a bottle of absinthe sitting there. And so, you know, I'm not old enough to buy liquor, but I got money. So I leave a fair amount of money on, on the shelf for his bottle of absinthe. And I take this bottle of absinthe, man, and we're just drinking it right out of the bottle. You know, like like teenager style, <laughs> wearing it to win it. And we're just yeah. hammering this. And, oh, dude. And I remember the next day, man, I got so sick and it was just black licorice tasting. And, and so I got a, a love hate relationship with absinthe. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I got older and, but he come on, they came home from their little trip and he wasn't too happy. There was $40. <laughs> he, wanted, he wanted his, he wanted his bottle of absinthe, but you know, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um, Hell yeah. And so, so I got older and, you know, I'm an adult. I'm in my early 30s and I see a bottle of absinthe with wormwood because it was hard to find with the wormwood forever. And mm-hmm. so I buy a bottle of it and I take it home and I do it all up like him, how he did it. You know, I'm reliving my dream, you know, my, my early ages. And I take a sip of it and it was just like, it was the day after all over again. Oh man, I didn't want anything to do with it. So I gave that whole bottle to Phil Billy because he's an alcoholic and they'll drink anything. And I'm like, here you go, man, drink this. <laughs> and he popped it open and took a drink of it. And he's like, that's terrible. And I was like, well, you're not supposed to drink it straight out of the bottle. I learned that when I was 19 years old. <laughs> that's my- that's my love hate with absinthe, but I really want to try that because I can, I'm older now. I can appreciate a little bit more. So what's funny about this whole ordeal is I'm really not big on black liquors myself. Um, but I, the alcohol, I don't want to say it overtakes it, but I mean, good alcohol. He, uh, I'm pretty sure Sean's headset just died. So he got muted. He should have charged before the should have charged before we came on. So he's gonna have to figure out something. Guess I'm just gonna take over for now. I don't know what he's got going on. Maybe he needs to unmute himself. We back. We're, We're back. back. <laughs> We're, We're back. back. But anyway, so yeah, what I was it See, was, uh, totally uncut. We're not even going to edit any of this out. Fuck it. So I don't know how to work his equipment. <laughs> You're not lying. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know, Royce makes damn good alcohol, man. Um, and, actually, there's – I think he's a ninth generation. And Do you know if he's, the, um, if he's still using the same – some of the same recipes? Yes. Yeah. Nine generations ago? Yep. See, and what's, to, me, to me, that's that's the heritage part that comes in, like we talked about in the last show, you know, how you yeah. got heritage versus a new beginner. It is really cool to fall back and be like, man, this, this, this recipe's been run for almost 100 years. Oh, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, and one thing like, you know, I would eventually like to have him on because I mean, there's a lot of history, you know, he, it's been in his family, but he actually started out when he was in college, um, making it in the dorm room for apple pie to make money. You know? It seems like a lot of people started out with apple pie, even if they just, yep. um, they even if they were just buying Everclear, you know. Yeah. Is in the beginning, you're like, oh man, that's that's high proof liquor for a good price, you know. Get me a lot out of that, and it seems like a lot of people started out that way, and then it was just like they got tired of that crap flavor, and they're just like, man, I'm gonna make it myself. Man, if so, I like liquor. Clear liquor is the best way to go, but I mean, if it's flavored, at least it's flavored like this. Yeah. So, but we can go on with uh, the podcast. Don't mind me. Just... Yeah, I know what's happening to Sean tonight. Do you, do you want to call work now and take your old son, or are you going to have the old lady call in the morning and just say you're sick and you can't come to the phone? So, the beauty of where I work is we call in and there's the operator that operates the plant. <laughs> so, all we got to do is call them, like, hey, put me in for a sick day. You never talk to your boss ever. Can't beat that. Hell no. I already, I already took me an old son tomorrow, so we're good. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about taking a half a day tomorrow. I mean, you save it was, for next week. <laughs> I've already got that put in. Okay. I, I was thinking about taking it uh, two Fridays, but yeah. Well, you know, I'm thinking um, we'll pick up where we left off on the last one. You know, we started to talk about um, how we run stills and things. Mm-hmm. So I figured, you know, let's talk about stills in general for, um, you know, beginners, all the way up to, <laughs> you know, your big distilleries. Like, like for me as a beginner, um, I started out on that Vever, that Chinese style Vever with the football column. And, you know, for any, any beginner, um, them small stainless steel pots from Amazon, $150, $160. They're a great way to learn on. Um, they do have limitations. You know, you're only going to get such good alcohol out of them. Um, and I know a lot of people have purchased that football column style Vever mm-hmm. um, because of my videos through the years. So, you know, I I took a little inspiration from one of the jar setups you made and uh, developed a little thumper jar for it. So, you know, make that little old column style still better because a lot of people still have those. That is fucking awesome, by the way. I love how you did that. And, you know, they're... And, you know, I've seen here frequently um, Vever's come out with some different styles that are more like a, a pot, a little thumper, and then a worm. Oh, really? But, you know, yeah. Well, for a beginner, I think um, I think those Chinese Vever style stills, are they're cheap, and they're great to learn on. Good yeah. way to get your feet wet. And then, you know, I would think um, keg still. You know, we have a – keg still holds a little uh, – Little spot in our hearts, <laughs> you know. Cake stills are tried and true. Oh yeah, and, and just the things you can do with them, you know, like the Man. setup. The setups like uh, Rip Gibson at Tennessee Thumper Stills makes for a cake. It's amazing. It's like, man, that piece of art should be in a museum or at a big time distillery. But here you see it in somebody's garage on a fifteen gallon cake, and you're just like, you're just amazed because it's so beautiful. And and just the things you see that people do with these cakes, and even the even the, the things that you make for them, you know, I'm always like, bro, that's so badass. I love the interchangeability, and 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 I, I really think that the kegs are real, a lot more flexible than a lot of other things. Oh yeah, 
Well, I mean, you can just do so much with them, you know. Um, you can use them as pots. You can use them as thumpers. You could, I mean, you know, there's people that cut them in half, weld them together. You know, uh, DRC stainless. Yeah, the, yeah, the he things builds, that he's making out of stainless steel kegs is amazing. Yeah, you know, he builds beautiful shit, beautiful stuff. I, I, you know, they're so versatile. Like your keg can go from your pot, like you said, to a thumper off the fifty-gallon drum in a matter of minutes. Oh yeah. You know, you can you could pipe two or three kegs together and run them in unison and. And then like um, the jar setups or that's and then the different sizes of you know you got your seven and a halves you got your five gallon kegs and you could run them in unison and step it all the way down and get three distillations out of just kegs. Mm-hmm. Well, and and essentially you know you could use the five gallons kind of like you do jars in a way. You know you could have the pot and then you could have a five gallon and then a five gallon and a five gallon. And just run them like big giant infusers and fill yeah. them up and and I yep. and what I've noticed a lot is uh you can all the two inch stainless parts for them now that you can adapt them with all these stainless steel like you hop on Amazon and piece together a giant steel and create it any way you want. You can add th- uh, infuser jars to your thumper. Just by mm-hmm. putting a four-way and a right angle on there. <laughs> That's right. It's crazy. Like that setup that I set up over in uh, New Strasville when he was there a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. That was and a good I, time. It, I really think kegs have um, – they made it more – they helped with it going mainstream. You yeah. know, um, more people can – they can vision themselves acquiring a cake. And because it's also more of a way to distill in the dark. If that makes oh, any yeah. sense, like, like People you know, like, yeah, my pot's a keg. They ain't gonna think anything of it, you know. Like, it's just a keg sitting there with some copper pipes, and so it really, I think it allowed people to distill more openly, mm-hmm. but still distill secretly because you know, there for a long time it was, it was a very very hush hush thing, and nobody really talked about yep. it. Well, and for the longest time, you know, even before I, I got started. Um, it was all copper pots to me. You know, I didn't know any different. Um, and then I actually got online. I was looking around and people are like, yeah, you can stainless pots and all copper from there. And I'm like, no shit. Well, and then I got on. Uh, I was just looking. Well, I come across Brian Silcott. And, well, uh, Brian gets mentioned in two back-to-back episodes. I'm, I'm telling you. Man. <laughs> but uh, I, mean, I so, got me a pot from him, man. You know. Love Brian's good work. Shit. Yep. Uh, but then he was like, why don't make stainless? Or not? At the time, he didn't really. I think he had just, I don't want to say just gotten into it, but he had not been around it for too long, the building aspect yeah. of it. Uh, but uh, I got on mile high and I'm like, all stainless, you know? So I just got copper scrubbers and just started packing them up in there. Yeah, just try to uh, clear up them, get the soft fits yep. out, make it cleaner. Yep. And it, uh, you know, looking back now, I guess, you know, towards, I can't say that eight gallon ever made me good liquor because. Because you can't ferment it. five gallon buckets. <laughs> well, see, it's funny because I went to one of them totes, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I keep shirts in when I go to festivals and stuff. I wound up getting me a 10 gallon tote and then it started working off a little bit better. It's like the bigger I went, the better it worked. I don't know what it is about that. 
Yeah, so, so you know, we've we've got the cheap Chinese beverage for people to learn on. Um, we got kegs that have I I think have really helped um, taking the whole moonshine community to the next level as far as getting normal people into distilling because anybody can go get two inch pipe watch a video and learn how to solder it might not be great but it'll work and if it leaks you can always just paste it up yeah and you know you got your um your milk cans your stainless steel cans that you can use for pots like um we what you came up on mm-hmm. um, and- i remember running that little five gallon one patch he had at his house on his stove <laughs> and in his apartment, you know, it was wild. It's like second time I met him. I come over, we're running liquor in his apartment. You know, I still got that some bitch sitting outside. <laughs> That's, I, I, never get rid of that. That thing, that thing's no. gonna go in our museum one day. Man, I I got that actually from uh, when I had Rick Gibson build me a still. Um, he built me a twenty-six gallon. Why bought the twenty-six? I bought all of it, but anyway. It was a 26 gallon that went through to that to that thumper that you're talking about that you ran as a pot. It come up and went through three jars and then uh, condenser. And uh, I loved it, man. Everything about it. Hell, I got the the uh, the bench that the the thumper was sitting on is actually sitting out in my building. I use it as a workbench now. Nice. Rick really like, like that, but. I got into kegs stills because of you, you know, like I saw what um, just your columns and, and how you're using yep. them and things like that. And, uh, and then the jars for me, it was Rick, you know, what, yep. what Rick builds for with jars is, it's nothing short of amazing. And, and we're definitely going to have him on here. We're going to talk about old Mason jar mafia and oh yeah. that's later on. So um, you say, um, you said you ran a all copper rig for quite a while. Yep. Right. You see, I've uh, run me a 20-gallon all-copper rig. And, you know, I'm I'm going to say something that might not be popular opinion, but I truly believe that an all-copper rig tastes better than a stainless rig. I yep. think it's I think it's smoother. Um, I just think it's better. And, so, and I'm, I'm not taking anything away from stainless. And I know there's guys that, that are on the opposite side of the fence, but this is my personal preference. And your average mm-hmm. person will never be able to tell. No. But, you know, I've run my fair shares of brandy through stainless, stainless copper, and all copper, and mm-hmm. side by side, I just I think the all copper runs is better. So, and, you know, the one that I had, Donnie Benton built, built that. You know, he was on season eight, I think, of Moonshining. He's also, um, he, he's who puts on the Beattyville Festival, correct? Yep. Him, him and Teresa. Teresa. Okay. Yep. But, uh, you know, I... I at the time, I wanted something a little bit bigger. Um, I didn't want to spend the money, but I went down there and I got it, and I uh, did not regret that at all. The first run of Laker, I ever ran through it, uh, it was 158 proof. Now, coming from a guy that always ran jars before that, I was a little disappointed. With jars, you're used to pulling 170 out of the end, and you're yep. like, man, I got gasoline here. Yeah. <laughs> I got some high fuel here, good flavor, high fuel. But as soon as the heads were done and I tasted that, the regret was just – or disappointment was just gone. You know, the it flavor, was so smooth. Flavor took it away. <laughs> it was 
ridiculous, man. And you could almost light that still and walk away. I mean, it ran itself, you know. Uh, and you're running a worm on that? Yeah. Yep, that was and a three-quarter inch worm. On your um, on your milk cans, was you running worms or was you running live eggs? Live eggs, yep. So, so Well, you... it was it was a stand-up live egg, I guess, because it was just one pipe through a pipe. Yeah, so you went from a live egg to a worm mm-hmm. and it was like, holy shit. I love running a worm. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing, man. Well, First time I was, run a worm, I was like, oh, dude, I never want to run a live egg again. I will, but I don't yeah. want to. Well, it's just so much more convenient, yeah, because with the live egg, I use a cooler and then I would go get ice. Well, mm-hmm. you know, when it's 70 degrees outside, where I was running it at the time was like 90 because, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I, I'd go through, you know, three, four bags of ice. And oh, then yeah. it would get so hot, I would have to stop. Because you just didn't have any ice or any cool water, but yeah. you switch over to that worm, and yep. it just it cycles cool water so slowly that it yeah. uses it uses ten percent of the amount of water. You don't need to use ice. Yeah. So you know, for all you that are still running live eggs and you haven't moved up to a worm yet, um, yeah, I recommend if you're running a cake still, move up to a bucket worm. You just a simple bucket worm. Um, you can get them from Sean. You can get them from me. Yep. They are. It's once you go to the worm, you don't go back to a live egg. You, you're if, you're just so happy. If you're running anything, I recommend you go to a worm because one, um, it allows you to run it faster because it's got more time getting cool. A lot more coils. There's a lot more copper. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't realize. Like inside, like even um, a five gallon bucket worm for a keg, we put ten feet. Uh, yeah. Five eighths outer diameter copper in there, as opposed to usually a lie big you get from somebody. A three foot lie big is a huge lie big. Yeah, at the at the biggest. Yeah, foot, so you're I going from say. three foot to ten foot, and instead of you know two and a half feet of that lie big inside of a small pipe, you're pumping cold mm-hmm. water through. You've just got a huge bucket. You could just cycle nice cool yep. water. Well, and a lot of times, man, when it was like say 70, 75 degrees, I'd go out there and fire it up. And I wouldn't have to cycle any water, you know. A lot of people think I'm crazy, but that's just like I was telling Hooch, you know, with that pond. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you jump in water, the deeper you go, the colder it gets. So yeah, that's, that's why when, it, when it's hot outside, you fish on the bottom because that's where they're at. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. So you know, you can walk out there, man, and it'd be steaming across the top. You know, you touch it and it's hot. But if you take your hand and you just reach down in there real quick, you know, six inches, seven inches down. It's 60 degrees again. So you ever um, you ever run plates still? You know, like when I say plates, I mean columns with plates in them. What uh, what are those type of stills good for? Uh, vodka. You, yeah, you see those. You, you see those a lot in distilleries. You'll walk in and they'll have a big old pot, and there'll be just plate, 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 plate. And for your average person, they just think like, oh, man, that's a badass moonshine still, but. You know, yep. so um, what's each one of those plates do, and and what does that do that say your copper pot with a thumper doesn't do? Well, the more plates you have, I don't want to say they act as a distillation, but I guess that's kind of the way they're put out there to be. So yeah. I guess you know when people say you know they've got four plates on there, I guess they say it's you know five times distilled. And, but, and some people don't. Some people don't believe that's true. They're just like, oh, that's just that's plates. It goes through plates. 
in my mind, each one's a new distillation. So you run it through four plates and you put yep. five times distillation on your bottle because you distilled it five times. Well, and that's not even counting the, the uh, deflamator or deflagmator or whatever that's on top of those plates, you know, and all that is is a condenser. Yeah, um, and, and so that, uh, the, we call it a D-flag. Yeah. Hillbilly terms. <laughs> we call it the D-flag. <laughs> and um, so that just, that causes the water to condense on the pipe and fall back down to up your proof, correct? Yep. Okay. Yep. And you can run them with, with it or you can run it without it. You know, I have heard the they run a lot better with them than they do without them. Yep. Um, yep. I have I have a couple people run them. They said that um, without the D flag, that they fill up a lot more. Without the D flag, they fill up more. Or I'm sorry, with the D flag, they fill up more because oh yeah, that water's Absolutely. falling back down in them. Yep. And um, the you notice on the big one on the big plates like your four inch. Yep. Um, it's got that drain valve in it. So when it gets too full, that water falls back down into the one below it until it gets back into the pot. But yep. when you run like those two inch ones that you see a lot of people throw on kegs, they don't have that. So those, those sight glasses, they fill almost all the way up by the time you're at the end of your run. So that's one of the yep. drawbacks of running um, like the small two inch column still plate right. still, as opposed to the big four inch or bigger. Um, now, just so just so people know, if you are interested in one of them, you can get a four inch, but there's a reducer you can get from two to four, so you can run that on the, on a beer keg if you want. <laughs> Big old four inch or, plates on a beer keg, That's, or fifty. You, you know what that would look, that, that would be, look like that keg uh, skip leg day forever. <laughs> Big top half, little bottom half. I mean, hey, if it gets a job done, you know what I'm saying? You know, and to go back to talking about uh, worms versus live eggs, um, how many distillers you see running giant live eggs? You don't. Exactly. You know, it's so. either it's either worm or shotgun. Yeah. And uh, shotguns are very efficient, too. I, I've seen with at least a 50 gallon. Um, I've seen a two foot uh, shotgun ran on a 50 gallon with plates and i mean it was turned way up you know at the end personally and, huh and it ran great you know so it uh you know a lot of times with them live eggs the big problem i've noticed is you know when someone does turn it up a little bit you'll see a little bit of vapor come out the end of it just because it's not it don't have the time to get cool or yeah. the water has heated throughout the run. So it's not giving it, you know, getting it cool enough. You, you know, it's hard to steam out of the end when you're running worm. The worm. <laughs> worm. It really is. It is yep. really like in order to steam your worm out, you can't have water in that at all. Or you just have to wait for hours for the whole thing to heat up so high. Yeah. And yeah. I know we're worms the way to go. We're going to have you on the worms in this episode. And if you're going to run any type of still, man, and you just want want to run more efficiently, then you definitely the worms the way to go. You um, know, um, the old back in the olden days, you know, uh, they worked. They figured them out back then. You know, um, they tried and true, man. That, that that old man you're sipping on right there, I bet he runs a worm. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, yep. and hey, if, if it worked when they was making liquor out of car radiators, yep. you know, then it's going to work with a lot better tweaking now. <laughs> now, if you're, looking, if you're looking for, uh, 
you know, to save space, a lot bags a way to go. You know, if you're looking for, you know, just just a little bit and then straight out. Yeah, you know, if, if you're running five gallons or smaller than yeah, I mean, I run you a lie big. Yeah, um, you're running a beer keg, you could run a lie big, but if you was to put a little five gallon bucket worm on that, you'd be happy. Happier. Um, yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> for happier. sure. For sure. <laughs> so you know when um when you're running, uh, how do you run? You know, some people they heat up really slow and then they wait and then they drip and they drip drip. Some people drip drip drip, and you know they'll. They'll run a 20 gallon still for 15 hours because that's what that's how they think it's supposed to. Well, that's how they run. Everybody runs different, just like anything else. Right. And I, I see that a lot, you know, it, and it drip, drip, drip. So, so if it's me, I nowadays I would never run anything smaller than a beer keg. That's just a preference. Waste uh, your time. It's, it's not even, it's not worth all the effort. Right. So, and with that being said, the way I do it is I turn the heat up, you know, I don't put anything in it that's going to scorch. You know, if, if I put something in it, it's going to be in the thumper, you know, aside of the liquid. So I, I'll turn it up and I'll let it run. Uh, um, of course, certain things, you know, obviously will slower than others, like rye, if I'm running, you know, rye. Yeah, you run some fruit right. or something. Right. But if it's just straight corn sugar, no, I turn that shit up and I'll run it up and I fill the pipes. If I don't have a thermometer, if I do have a thermometer, I prefer it being in the pot. A lot of people argue with that. Me personally, I like to run without a thermometer. I enjoy it so much better. I do too. But if I have one, I prefer it being in the pot than the vapor path because that's how I learned how to use a thermometer by Donnie, you know, he kind of just said, well, you know, you don't have to pay attention to it, but you can. And if you do, by the time it's 197 on the pot, you're going to have liquor come out the worm. But anyway, you know, I turn it up and I start filling it, you know, the pipes and everything. And once the pipes, the pipes tell me where it's at. Do the TV thing. TV thing is where you fill the pipe along. Yeah. I always call that the TV thing because it's what you always see on TV. And that's how, you know, when I was on Master Distiller, you know, I, I looked at the thermometer, but I went off what the pipe was telling me. You know, if it's fucking hot where you have to, you touch it, you're like, fuck. That's where it's at. So, so you're saying the heat, you heat it up quick, and then as soon as you get out the end, then you back it down to, to what you want to run. You get the stream so, that you want. So, once I get it to the thumper, I start thinking about, when I'm going to back it down. So once it starts coming out with a thumper hot, that's when I, I, I bump it down just a little bit, and then I let it come out. So you so don't come it, steaming out the end, gotcha. Right. And then once it comes spitting out, blowing out, whatever, um, I turn the heat way down till it almost stops. And then I inch it up. And then once I inch it up, I want the smallest stream past the drip I can get. Okay, so you're not a drip, drip, drip. You, you like you know, like a pencil, like a pencil lead. Yeah, yep. And that's with any still, you know. I don't know where the drip, drip came from because once you, if you go so fucking slow, you don't get good separation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, do I want to boil? Do I not want to boil? What do I want boiling? You know, now, is it methanol you know, or methanol? 
there's a big consensus that that drip, drip, drip will um, up your proof. <laughs> and, and, you know, and I've done it. That's how I used to run at the beginning. And, yep, and I did too. And you will get higher proof. Mm-hmm. But for me, at the end of the day, is overall you- 10 higher proof of your overall end product worth 10 to 12 extra hours of running. For me, hell no, it ain't. Turn we'll that some bitch up and let's get our liquor out of it. <laughs> let's get on down the road. Well, hear me out, right? Like you said, 10, 12 hours. You're running a beer keg. How many runs could you get in 10 or 12 hours out of a beer keg the way we run it compared to the way 10 to 12 hours on one run? Three. Oh, you know, if, I, if I'm not done with a beer keg in four to five hours. Then, it ain't worth your time. Yeah, it's not worth my time. No, hell no. And Not at all. I'm the but same I mean, way, you know, let's, let, let's get in, let's get out. It's going to be good liquor no matter what, you know, our proof might be just a little bit lower than it would have, but we ran twice, ran twice the amount in the time it ran the drip, drip, drip. And, you know, I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of people, you know, the tradition, man, the coon pecker, a lot of people use the coon pecker, man. And, and, you know, and if that's what you like, man, then that's your thing. But, you know, I'm, I, I'm a firm believer, and I always say it, man. I like my liquor like I like like my wife without something else's dick in it, and that's just who I am. You know, like, I'd never, I'd never I drink would, anything. I, I wouldn't want to drink dick. liquor off my own dicks. <laughs> I definitely don't want to drink it off a coon pecker. But you know, if, if if you feel that's a big part of the tradition, then all power, more power to you, and you know that's your choice and. So you do your thing. So what does moonshine tradition mean to you? Like, what is that, you know? Well, you know, I think it means something different to everybody. And um, for me, the tradition is the the old man back in the woods who was doing it, who who started it in your family. Like, that, like, like your grandfather, who probably got it from his grandfather, you know, um, to me, that's the tradition I'm talking about, you know, like passed down from generation to generation. Whereas for like me, I don't have, I don't have no tradition to follow by. I set my own. So, you know, maybe my grandkids are going to be like, nah, I don't like decks in my liquor. So, you know <laughs> what, you know what though, that is cool because you're the one that started that. Yeah. And that's what we talked about last episode, like down the road, the one. Yeah. Yeah, your grandkids are gonna be like, man, my papa did this. You know, he made moonshine. No dicks in your liquor. <laughs> and that's cool to me though, man, because you know, it's everybody's got a different story and everybody got there the same or different way. Yeah, and you know, I think you it's know? cool that, you know, you can fall back on your on tradition that was set by your we'll say forefathers. <laughs> so. But why Let's see. Why? Uh, let's see. Well, I guess what am I? What's the phrase I'm looking for here? Why honor another man when you can make the legend yourself? Yeah, but you know, on the flip side, of I that, get it. If if you have that man and he's your bloodline yeah. to honor, then you honor the hell out of him. Oh well, absolutely. You know? So you know, it's it, it's it's both sides of the fence, and to me, each side is amazing. And yep. one, you have a story to carry on, and another one you have a story to write yeah and and you know so they're both and then if you can get two people like that to clive together 
you know, you've got one carrying on a tradition, you got another one starting one. You know, what a great what what a great team that could make. That that right there could uh end up a few barrels being full. <laughs> Quite a few barrels. So. <laughs> hey, you know, before we before we end this up, because you know, we've had people here a long time. Um what's the biggest what's the biggest one you've ever run, Sean? How, how many digits? You ain't gotta tell how you know we we looking at uh three digits, six digits. Uh, it's three. Oh, it's three. Yeah. Nice. Solo, or did you get to run it with a buddy? I ran it with a buddy. What about you? <laughs> I ran it with a buddy. We'll go with a triple digit too. So, all right. Yeah. We'll leave, we'll leave everybody guessing who, what, when, where, why. So, I, you know what? I don't think I'll ever see the four, unless uh, I was in a distillery somewhere. But even at that point, man, when, once you get that big, you're not a distillery anymore, or you're not, you're not. Uh, backwoods no more yeah yeah because you know like for me if i was to run a 300 or even a 100 i'd be so worried that i was going to prison that i'd worry myself to death but yep uh, but don't do it no more man that's why i got into building stills you know yep and it's fun you know get with the buddies and just drink up their liquor and i make how-to videos but i won't divulge my secrets on my how-to videos so but, man, well, you know, we really appreciate everybody tuning in again for our second episode. Uh, we'll be back next week. I'm not sure what we're going to talk about. We'll figure out something. And it's hard telling, but it might be entertaining. It's hard telling. I know we um, – it'll probably be after we get back from Beattyville. But it might not. We might get one more in before we go to Beattyville. Yeah. We'll go to Beattyville um, on the 17th and 18th, uh, Beattyville, Kentucky. So, if you're going to be in Beattyville, Kentucky for their – was it the second annual at this – the second one? Yep, the second annual uh, uh, Bourbon and Bourbon. Moonshine Festival. Uh, yep. So we'll be there Friday and Saturday. So if you guys are uh, if you guys are in the Beattyville, Kentucky area, June seventeenth and eighteenth, stop by the festival and Sean will have a tent set up and you'll see my big ugly self sitting next to him, cooking in the sun. So hopefully we don't get stormed out this year like we did last year. So, Man, if we did, if we did, I'm gonna have to find some liquor local or something because. I, I got yeah. some. <laughs> but uh, well, we appreciate hey. y'all turning in, tuning in, man. And uh, thanks for listening. And yes, sir. we'll see you again soon. Shine on, Shine folks. On.